Fusick, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't. All right, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining in to the Fusic podcast. This is one of your hosts, Craig Miller. I am accompanied today by the one and only TJ McGinnis. How are we doing, and everybody? This is episode four of the Fusic podcast. How you doing today, TJ? I'm doing great. How you doing, Craig? I'm I'm doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. What uh any any new fun adventures you've had lately, TJ? That you wanted to share before we get started with our our next uh, success story? Yeah, actually, I'm sitting here actually with uh, Josh Nelson, Dana Nelson, uh, and I'll give an introduction to them shortly. But uh, So Josh and I last night thought it would be cool. We got an invite from one of our good friends uh, on hashtag Drink Jacks. By the way, look it up. Good stuff. Shout out to uh, John uh, Langley. Uh, but he invited us to a uh, scotch tasting, uh, and I realized that I am not a scotch guy. Oh. Uh, maybe not a gentleman either, supposedly, because people, gentlemen, are supposed to eat scotch, uh, drink scotch. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I, I, well, I never finished the scotch tasting there. Yeah. Craig, do you, you drink scotch? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a bourbon guy. Um, I, I like scotch, but, you know, bourbon on the rocks, a good, a good bourbon on the rocks to me is as good as it gets. Um, obviously, besides a, a cold beer on a boat or something. But, right. Um, Good, good bourbon on rocks is, is as good and smooth as it gets to me. Now, I'll tell you one thing I am not, and I am trying to be. Um, I, I've always said fake it till you make it in a lot of areas of life. And, and one of the things that I always get joked on, and uh, it's fine with me because it's just who I am, is that we'll go to these really fancy restaurants for work, and you know the company's treating us to a nice meal, and everybody there is ordering wines and red wine and white wine and they know how to sniff it and swirl it in their cups and taste it and they have opinions on what what is good red wine and what isn't so my whole career i've just ordered coors light instead and you know they usually have to go like find the coors light in the back of the cooler that they haven't you know used they bought 10 years ago and it's still sitting there because no one's ordered it at this restaurant but um lately at home i've been i've been trying to you know acquire a um I guess a, a taste, not a taste, because I, I like the taste of it, but my body just doesn't respond well to it. So I've been trying to practice it, and, and you know, practice usually makes perfect. But I tell you, last night I, I drank a couple glasses of red wine, and the body body did not respond well again. So I guess it's just I'm just going to have to live with the fact that I'm kind of just too much of a redneck for red wine there, TJ. Yeah, you might be a lightweight too, and if you drink more Coors Light, uh, it's basically all water. So you might have been a little dehydrated too. So if you drink a couple Coors Lights, that'll get you hydrated with water, and then maybe you can have a, a glass of wine if you want. I know yeah. I used to do drink Coors Light when I was 17, but just saying. <laughs> uh, Dana, are you a wine girl, Scotch girl? I, I I'm an equal opportunist when it comes to to all alcoholic beverages, but I do prefer wine, <laughs> uh, primarily white. White wine, good, <laughs> excellent. Well, All Craig, right. I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm super excited and I'm honored here to have uh, Josh and Dana Nelson. Uh, and I met Josh and Dana a little over three years ago at a Starbucks, and I always say it was love at first sight. And we became business partners and we turned into being very close friends. Uh, and a little background on Josh and Dana is they were, uh, in 2015, it was their first year in the business uh, from being a district uh, district management and 
They were runner-up small office of the year, and then last year they moved into medium office, uh, and they were office of the year and medium office and wrote over $2 million in their second year in the business and from a district uh, DGA standpoint. And so I'm really excited to have Josh and Dana here, and Josh recently has moved into a, a different leadership role with Colonial Life, a very unique role based around building up other leaders. So it's a pleasure, it's an honor. Uh, to have Josh and Dana here. So thank you guys for joining us and being a part of the FUSIC team. Thank you for having us. Uh, awesome. And Craig, I'll kick it off to you to have you start it. Yeah, and I, I have to say it's just, it's been a pleasure getting to know Josh and, and Dana as well for me. Um, we really spent the first amount of, I guess, long period of time together um, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming last year. Um, again, I think it was love at first sight for us because of our um, you know, broad appreciation for the alcoholic beverage sometimes as well. And, and just, um, you know, really got, really have enjoyed learning from both of them and, and really have enjoyed getting to know them and the people and, and represent. So, um, Josh and Dana, we wanted to first, obviously hear you guys story, um, about your journey, your struggles and kind of where you're planning to go as well. But I wanted to ask, you know, could you explain to us your couldn't? And, and what was it, and, and how did you feel when people were doubting you, and, and kind of, you know, when was the light switch when you realized that you were not going to listen to anyone anymore that was doubting you? Um, well, for myself, I have to say, uh, and TJ and I discussed this earlier, I was very fortunate that I really never had anyone that told me I can't do something or I wasn't capable of doing something. Uh, they weren't necessarily always crazy about my ideas or the things that I wanted to do, but they really never gave me the, oh, you can't do that or you're not capable of doing that. So for me personally, I'm my own worst enemy. So I am the actual person who tells myself that I might not be able to do something or second guess myself. I, I myself am the person who doubts their own capabilities. Um, so really, ultimately, I've been fortunate in a lot of ways, not having others so much torment me with the can't word, but I torment myself with the can't word. Um, so really, for me, the light bulb moment overall, I had a lot of light bulb moments over the years because anytime anything that I was approaching kind of crossed a risk threshold that I wasn't comfortable with and I would second guess myself and and so needless to say I've been on a lot of huge learning curves over my lifespan but for Colonial specifically is in the beginning I really struggled with feeling like a vacuum salesman I, I really didn't understand the value that I was bringing to the table I really kind of thought to myself you know do people really want this stuff um, so it really made me second guess what I was doing ultimately Really, the light bulb moment is when I did realize. I mean, it was truly like a light bulb moment um, as far as I'm bringing something of great value to these employers and to these employees. And I really kind of adopted more of a thought process, um, uh, an approach that when I'm speaking with these business owners, um, even speaking with the employees, doing a lot of the benefits counseling that I do, um, I kept the thought in my mind more so that, why wouldn't they offer this to their employees? Boom. Or why wouldn't somebody want this coverage for their families? Right. And Logically, in a way, they can't tell us no. right. And in a way, I kind of thought to myself, you know what? They would be foolish not to take this opportunity to offer this type of um, 
you know, coverage for their and Dana, companies. Do you think that when your mindset changed with that, that your demeanor and the way that you presented the presentation probably definitely changed and the way it was received changed as well? Absolutely, because in the beginning when I would speak to business owners and even to the individuals when enrolling them in their benefits, I would think I I felt like I had to – I really, in the back of my mind in the earlier days, kind of thought, oh, they really don't want to talk to me. This is the last thing they want to talk about. They're really, I'm not sure they're going to find this interesting. And I felt like in a way that I was, again, it's kind of being a vacuum salesman. Um, but once I shifted my focus into realizing the value I brought to the table, I really, when then at that point sitting in front of a decision maker, I was able to say, you know what, in the back of my mind, of course not actually saying this out loud, I would think they would be absolute fools for not taking advantage of this opportunity. And it's in, if they say no, if they're not going to move forward with Colonial um, and introducing that to their to their place of employment, then it's really from their own lack of understanding or maybe some ignorance and closed-mindedness that's preventing them from giving their employees this opportunity. Um, so yes, it ultimately changed my level of confidence and ultimately was a, a game changer for me. Now, Dana, real quick before I uh, kind of ask Josh the question, when you're visualizing you being a vacuum uh, salesman, saleswoman, I should say. Is it Kirby or is it Tyson? What's the brand that you're selling? <laughs> oh, I'm not really sure. It just might have been a, 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 might have been a Swiffer Jet. Swiffer I'm not jet. really 100% sure what I thought she, I was she selling. She is a wine drinker, TJ, so we might not understand the sophistication That's, that's of true. There's some real sophistication there going there. <laughs> I don't even own a vacuum, so yeah. that's yeah. the first problem. That's great. Well, Craig, uh, for myself... Um, you know, I, I was working at a brewery before I come to work here and, uh, all my life, I guess you grow up and you're all, your limitations really start, um, with your parents, you know, they kind of set up what's expected, what's, uh, what's considered success and so on and so forth. But I was working at a brewery and it was a fantastic job. I mean, great, excuse me, great pay, great benefits, so on and so forth. And... Uh, the day I decided I was going to leave there, of course, you go tell the people you've been working with for 10 years, hey, I'm thinking about leaving. Uh, I can't count how many times I was told I was crazy, um, so on and so forth. Even when I went to HR to turn in my resignation, uh, the head of HR there actually told me, hey, I'm going to hold your resignation for two weeks because I'm sure you're going to realize you messed up. Um, so, I mean, it just kept going that way. But uh, when it really changed for me, I believe, is when you really start to get around people who, number one, you believe in their morals, their ethics, and you start to believe they care about you, um, you start to see yourself a little different. Um, and then all of a sudden, you start to believe in what you're doing. And as your confidence grows, I believe the people around you start to believe in your confidence, and it builds their confidence. And I just don't think there's any better feeling than watching someone believe in you enough that they change their own life. Yep. Yep. I agree, man. That's, that's awesome. I know that's something that we've, uh, we've said a couple of times already on the podcast is that a lot of times you just need somebody to believe in yourself before, I mean, to believe in you before you can believe in your, yourself. And, um, 
you know, as leaders and people that are in leadership positions, you've got to remind yourself of that daily. And sometimes multiple times a day that you've got to make that person on your team know that you believe in them. I agree. Most of the time they need you to believe in them before they can believe in themselves. Yeah. And really with me, I think it was a mindset. You know, I said a minute ago, your parents, your, your parents' level of success is kind of where you see yourself as you grow up and, you know, you always want to do a little bit better than your parents because you want more for yourself. But really, uh, I used to hear the term, you're scared of success. And I used to thought that was the craziest thing ever until you actually start to do better than your parents. And you realize, wait a minute, something ain't right. I'm doing too good. Um, and you're waiting for it to crash. So you're not so scared of success as you're scared of losing that success. So therefore, you want to stop trying and basically run away from whatever you're doing because you don't want it to fail. You want it to be your choice for it to fail. Um, so a lot of times I think it's getting the mindset that you're gonna fail and people are gonna laugh at you and things are gonna happen, but they only do that to the people who are surpassing them. Right. So, right. you know, the, the failures that you face, you know, embrace those because once you get past it, you're gonna be stronger than you were before. Uh, Josh, you think that when you, you mentioned the scared of success, do you think a part of that is uh, you potentially not believing in yourself that you're capable of doing it and you you self-doubt yourself kind of what Dana was talking about how it's uh Fusick is about people who uh you know the outsiders but it also is regarding the the you as a person inside and what's in between your mind I I, I believe that's it I mean you have self-doubt um always I believe and, and am I doing the right thing is it going to work for me so on and so forth um but I, I really believe that when you are uh, out there and, and you're starting to be scared of what's happening, I think you're starting to see the success around you and your mind immediately goes, can I sustain um, what I'm currently doing? Can I keep that level of activity, that level of uh, pressure or really and truly keep the momentum and and you know am i am i leading all these people down a road that i can't keep them going to the promised land and, and let's be honest um the more successful you are and uh, the more eyes start looking your way you're no longer flying below the radar you're now kind of exposed so to so to speak so then there becomes different expectations and again different evaluations and maybe even different judgments from from various uh colleagues and and just your yeah, and, I, and I'll say this, and I'll add this in there. Um, this is something I, I definitely see with, with both of you is that your team's going to know if you care about what you're all just talking about. And and it there's no way to fake it. And so if you're in a leadership position and you're listening to this podcast, I'll, I will completely challenge you that if you don't care and you're not worried about the things that Josh and Dana are just talking about, you shouldn't be in a leadership position because – that's normal, and that's the way it should be. You should be stressed and a little worried about: Are you helping this person the right way? Are you are you going down? Are you leading them down the path to success? What can you do to help them? Because I promise you, that will be seen on your team that you care enough to worry about them, and that's a good thing, right? Now, if you're doubting what you're saying and you're going back on what you're saying, that's completely different. But you should definitely be worried about your team being successful, and you should show them that hey, you care enough to make sure that you'll do anything you can to help them. And it screams by just the way you, you talk. And, and I can tell you guys, that I, can, I know and I've talked to people on your team, and 
it, it definitely comes across that way and, and don't ever lose that because as soon as your team thinks you don't care about them, you're going to lose your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've always taken a lot of pride in being like a, a family and, uh, and it's worked very well for us and it's, and, it, and it's, and it's honesty. And I mean, it's honest feelings and concern for your team. They're, they're absolutely, they're following extremely is extremely strong. Uh, and it definitely shows, uh, and they're willing to sleep on a park bench before their people do. And, uh, you know, going back, Dana, to your comments about more eyes, you know, Josh, I'm going to challenge you here because, uh, but what's, what's the Art Williams quote that we like the most? The only way to get people to not talk about you is to be average and ordinary. Right. So the minute you start doing something Boom. out of the ordinary, there are people out there that are going to, and this isn't, and I'm not trying to be cynical, but there are people out there that will try to knock you down. Uh, but it's, it's up to you to stay positive and keep it moving. And if, if great leadership rises, uh, rises the tide, and what will happen is maybe those people who are a little bit negative will see you being positive, and they're going to jump on board because they want to better themselves as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, Josh and Dana, um, when you think back to the original conversation that you and TJ had, or y'all and TJ had, what was, what was the thing that got you interested the quickest or really, I guess, maybe the most interested in joining the Colonial team and, and taking a 1099 career and owning your own business and being a district manager? Like, what, what was it that TJ said or did or, or somebody else said or did? I mean, it doesn't have to be TJ, but, you know, what was it that led you guys to think this was a good, good move for your family? Well, honestly, Craig, you know, uh, we make our living now reading people's body language, what they say, you know, uh, so on and so forth. I've always felt like I was pretty good at reading people. And when we met with TJ, I don't think it was any one thing he said. I think it was the fact that we honestly bought into him and that he honestly had our best interest in mind, not, you know, how is this going to better him or drive his success, but honestly uh, that servitude mentality that I've now learned about uh, back then, I wouldn't have known what that word meant or even what it was, but uh, understanding it from a from a standpoint that I felt like he was there to make sure we accomplished whatever our goals were. And at that point, he had no idea what our goals were, but that belief in us that he could help us realize, see, and accomplish our goals, I think is what we bought into, not so much one thing he said or promised or done. I, you know, and I'll expound on that. I, I think that um, TJ just exudes high levels of integrity. I mean, without, you know, uh, you know, wearing you out with it. it but he, he just is just a, a man full of integrity. And, and, and truth be told, that spoke volumes to us. It just was an in, instant comfort. Well, well, I'm going to cut in because, that, you know, I don't like these types of stuff here. Uh, but thank you for that. <laughs> and I'm going to switch the switch it here and tell sure. what I caught on board with with the Nelsons is two very highly talented people who who outside of their talents from a professional standpoint demonstrate what a marriage and love should be I'm going a different route here because them as a couple I could tell what wow these folks really love and care about each other uh, and when you're talking about Josh you mentioned about surrounding yourself with like-minded people and people that believe the same values that you have. 
I knew from, from the minute I met you that you both had those types of values, and those are people that I wanted to surround myself with. And also on top of that, you guys were working nonstop, the two of you, uh, learning this business, opening up groups. And I knew if we could plug you into a system, a structure, that would teach you to be able to duplicate your skill sets onto others and other leaders, uh, th it would be lights out. And, and that's exactly what they did. Is they jumped in and f uh, bought into a structure and a system which has put them in a different category than most people that we ever that we get to come across and because yeah, and of that I, and I the reason why I asked that question yeah. was and I, both of y'all and, and by the way for everybody that's listening none of these questions were pre-screened or, or anything like that these are all just impromptu questions so that we know the answer is exactly what the first thing that comes to their mind is and, and the reason why I asked you guys that is because so many leaders get bought into trying to tell the what when they're recruiting right and telling the 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 numbers and all this stuff when really people buy into vision people buy into making their life greater than it is now and um and and that's what you've got to that's what you've got to tell the story and, right. and it's apparent that tj was able to communicate a story to you guys around what your life could be if you joined this family and i'll tell you that's what that's what bought me in the colonial and that's what I try to do with everybody I have because I know how much has changed my life and I know how much has changed a lot of other people's lives. And when you're out there communicating what Colonial does, it's not that we sell insurance policies. It's that we can create a better life for you and create a better life for the people that we're protecting. And, um, guys, I'm, I'm sorry if there's a little background noise. My son Hayes just walked in the room and Hayes, showed man. me his Lego set that he just built. Um, so he's becoming a master builder. He's five years old and he's building 14-year-old Legos. So... He uh, just walked in the room in the middle of the podcast, so it's, it's pretty neat. I feel like the guy that the the um, who was the politician that the the kids the little kid comes running in the room and his <laughs> wife had to come in there and pull that him out. That was hilarious. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, that was hilarious. Yeah. So. Well, the haze man. The background noise. Well, uh, Hayes. that a boy Hayes. Keep on keeping on, my friend. Well, okay. I'm gonna I want to end on. Uh, on a, a uh, my last question for you, uh, Josh and Dana, and I know you've been with Colonial Life for like three and a half years, uh, four years. So if you could go back four years from now, from the first time you started with Colonial Life, what advice would you give yourself? So this is for the n the new Colonial Lifers out there on a crusade. Um, looking at where I was, and it kind of goes back to my light bulb moment, not believing in what, like, not 100% sold on what we were doing um, with Colonial as far as approaching decision makers, what we actually did, what value we brought to the table. It kind of goes back to that. But ultimately, I would advise myself to commit mentally, not just physically. You know, going through the processes, I mean, I worked really, really hard. I did what I was supposed to do. I, I did fairly well at it. But because I didn't believe in what I was doing initially, I was not bought in mentally. So I wish that I could, you know, rewind time and adopt a complete mental buy-in, not just going through the motions, going through the processes, trying to get my numbers and, and try to participate with, uh, with uh, little races that we would put on for numbers and such. Um, I would really advise myself to mentally buy in and, and commit that way as well. That's great advice. And, and I'm, I'm going to say I knew we had, we had found uh, where we needed to be because uh, after our first year, 
uh, me and Dana were talking about it, and she actually advised me that we, we had done good. She only quit 364 times that year. <laughs> so so there, was, there was one day in there we actually liked what we did. Um, I think that was Christmas Day. I think that was Christmas. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, I really believe um, if, if I could go back, I mean, I would love to go back further than four years ago just because I, th- I think what this business has taught me more than anything is the ability to dream big but then have the courage to uh, not really chase your dreams but go accomplish. Yeah. Um, and and I, I used to – I mean, I've always been a dreamer. I've always had – huge dreams, but I would always find a reason or an excuse why that, that dream wasn't uh, something I could do. So uh, I, I believe that's what I would take back and as far back as I could take it back. Um, take the leap. Is, is jump, yeah. Just go for it. And yeah. I was going back to giving 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Taking the leap is the hardest part. Yeah. Any follow-up questions, Craig, that you have? Yeah, um, Josh and Dana, obviously, um, you know, I know you guys talk about this a lot, but, you know, what, you know, I know y'all talk about TJ and, and, and all the things he's done. He's done so much for me and so many, so many people. And I know I've learned so much from you guys as well, too. But is there anybody else that you guys would like to give a shout out to or, or thank or, or give some advice to people about, you know, when you're around people like Josh and TJ and, and Dana, I mean, pick their brains and, and stuff like that. I mean, I know, Josh, we talk about that all the time, but I, I'd like to hear you kind of speak to that point for anybody that's listening that is wanting to get better and, and how that's helped you. Well, I think, first of all, the reason you're successful in this business is your confidence and your ability. Um, if you don't believe you're the best at what you're doing, then you're probably in the wrong business. But I think, I think having that confidence to do it but being humble enough to know you can always improve. Um, I, I think everywhere I go, and, and I've got where I love to teach and, you know, to try and train agents or train people in different areas. And, and I think the reason I love that is every time I do that, I learn something myself. You know, that person that's been around for two weeks says something, and you're like, oh, my God, why did I never think of that? So I, I think you, you should have a very strong sense of who you are and what makes you who you are, but a, a very open ear to what comes your way and and how to you, – you don't have to totally change who you are, but a lot of times you can adopt what other people are doing that may be better than what you're currently doing and, and continue to rise, you know, and, and I steal sayings and things all the time from people and, and try to make them my own just because I hear something and I'm like, oh, man, that's – you know, that's perfect for myself and half the people on our team. So I, I believe always be listening. There's no one person, but always be listening because, you know, someone may not be as successful as you are, but in certain areas they may be twice as good as you are. So right. exactly. always and having That's, that's hitting the nail on the head right there. And I think something that I, I see you doing a good job of, Josh, is you're always talking to people that are maybe your – like have either just been through what you're about to go through and you're trying to pick as many brains as possible about what you're about to be going through and the future of where you're at because you're always wanting to grow. It's not that you're never satisfied, but but it kind of is. You know, it's it's that you you always want more and you and you want it all and, and you want to get better. So you're always trying to pick pick people's brains on 
what's next? What's next? What do I need to expect? What are we going here? You know, what if this happens? What are we doing here? And that's something that I know I try to do for sure. And everybody that's ever come up to me with that type of attitude has always been wildly successful. And you can't fake that, right? It's got to be genuine. And, um, and that's something I, I want to say kudos to, to you for doing that because you're, you're always asking questions about how to get to the next step. And that's something I would encourage every single person to do. I know I've been accused of being the annoying kid many, many times, and I hope that I'm always accused of being the annoying kid that asks a lot of questions. So be student of the game. Well, that's exactly right. I was going to say that hunger. Yeah. I think one thing that Josh definitely shows is a hunger to learn more and to, ve- to develop himself, not just his folks and, and, and who he's trying to help lead, but he wants to, to grow and um, develop himself personally. And so that hunger to learn more and just really being a disciple to the industry and trying to learn everything you can about it and surrounding yourself, as you mentioned, um, with the plethora of a talent that's out there in, in, in the colonial family. So, As Les Brown says, you got to be hungry. Yep, you got to be hungry. <laughs> that's right. Let's leave the impersonations up to Menard. Menard. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I have one last question for you guys. Now, there are a lot of colonial couples, uh, husband and wife duos with colonial life. How do you keep a relationship, go a marriage relationship, and also a business relationship? How do you, how do you separate the two? Well, it's easy for me, TJ. Really, I just don't say anything at work or at home. <laughs> and, and I can, TJ, I, I will say that I have noticed that, actually, complete honestly. I have noticed that Josh knows how to be quiet, and I've actually learned a lot from him about that, is that it's like, man, that guy knows how to shut up. He does. He actually listens really well. Well, yeah. when, when, you're, when your wife is smarter than you which and is, more successful than you. Which is not hard. It, it's easy to do. Right. You learn very fast. TJ, I mean, true, uh, Josh, TJ and I have both just kind of accepted the fact that most people are smarter than us. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Dan, is this true? Um, yes, TJ, it's I true. Might, I might <laughs> I have to button a lip there, but I feel like most people who know Josh, uh, there's not a whole lot of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. We might be going down a path we need to avoid on the podcast. No, it's actually it's it's actually uh, fairly easy. I think it was tougher in the beginning, quite honestly, just because we were absolutely fully consumed with having taken this huge leap of faith, uh, leaving a very um, good career. Josh had left a very good career, something that was very stable, something that was dependable, that we knew exactly what to expect. Uh, so it was all consuming in the very beginning, but I think ultimately now we've we, we've got a great relationship. We're best friends. Um, we communicate very, very well, and I think as with any relationship, quite honestly, uh, communication is key. So uh, being a good listener, um, validating another person's feelings, may, even if it's a little different than how you approach things, um, and and just feeling like you've been heard by the other person. So if there's a concern, if you're approaching, you know, something that might be a little stressful, a new account, a problem that might have come up throughout the course of the day, uh, of ex- being able to express each other's concerns about the problem and, and, and really kind of listening to one another. And, and on a serious answer there, Craig, I, I was kidding around in the beginning, but seriously, I meant... We have five children from 20 years old, well, 21, 20 years old, all the way down to nine. Um, 
do all active and doing school and sports and things. So our life is very hectic outside of work. And I, I think it's finding that, that we can enjoy anything from yard work to vacation. Um, so when we come to work, really, we, we, we turn off so much our home life and we go to work. And I think that's the hard part sometimes because you're so eager to get back home to what your comfort, your, your easy place. Um, but I, I think knowing that putting in 110% at work allows you to go home and put in 110%. Right. And you also, I know that both of y'all agree with this, you, your home life and your kids and each other's, your why for why you work so hard. Every day. And you've got, and I know that y'all consistently and, you know, remind yourself and remind each other why you're doing this and why you're trying to impact lives and, and, and why you're trying to grow your business through other people. And it's apparent that you have a passion for that. So. I, I think one of our hopes is the fact that you asked us a while ago, what would we take back four years or take back from now is that we can give our kids that now. I think ultimately I keeping your priorities straight and your goals aligned with one another, not only on the home front, but also in the business field, I think is absolutely key. And, you know, being each other's hurrah, hurrah, cheerleading section when one's down and the and, and that's actually been such a huge benefit having each other in the business together is maybe when I'm climbing the tree, uh, he, he's, he's talking me back down out of the trees and vice versa and uh, being each other's biggest fan. And, um, and, you know, just, and also each other's soft place to fall. So it's, it's a good thing. I know Casey and I look up to you guys as couples. Thank um, you. And I, I tell her every day how much of a solid relationship you have. And I, I believe it's many reasons why, but what Dana just said, the priorities, and you all have the priorities in order. You know, your faith is, comes first. I know Josh with you, your country, second, thank you for serving. In, in our military, yes, thank and then right, you. Thank you, right after that, it's your family. And then after that, it, it's not even close, but then that's when business kicks in. And then friends after, the, you know. So you have your priorities in order, and I believe that's a big reason why you win. So thank you. That's right. how, how can we find you guys? How can listeners get a hold of you and find you and, and pick you guys' brains and, and get in touch with you? Uh, well, we're on, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, things like that. I mean, um, I think that would be the easiest way. Um, okay. We'll just have them call you, Craig, and then you can let them know. <laughs> just kidding. That'll work. That'll work. You <laughs> Craig, you can meet them at your next wine tasting. Yeah, you go over that. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, they might be invited Nobody to the scotch to a wine tasting. tasting. I can promise. Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank well, you for having us. I mean, the Colonial yeah, family is amazing, amazing to be a part of. Uh, what, what, a, what a great brand, Craig, TJ. Uh, what a huge opportunity. Um, and I really appreciate the, the support you guys give us. That's uh, for sure. Really enjoy being around you. And once again, you know, that's part of that learning. Um, you learn best from the people you admire, and, and I admire you both. Well, right back at you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Craig, well, just, I have a couple of takeaways I'd like to share with everybody first. You know, when Dana was speaking, she, she talked about the vacuum sales. Uh, and also, you know, I look at it almost like a used car salesman. And I think sometimes we take for granted uh, when we bring in a new agent into the business without teaching them the righteousness of what we do. And that's the first and foremost thing we have to make sure we take care of is before we show them the sales cycle, before we 
teach them how to prospect. We put them on the phones or they go out and meet business owners. That We need to make sure we teach them the righteousness and the value that we bring to people. And if we do that, when times get tough, the passion is going to be there. And they're going to care about what they're doing and then they're going to fight through the uh, adversities of the no's because they know they're on a crusade uh, to protect American workers. So thank you, Dana, for, for sharing that because that's a big piece that sometimes us leaders, we, we, we miss. And the last thing I want to add is uh, Josh Nelson was discussing and talking about surrounding yourself with winners and surrounding yourself with people who believe what you believe. Uh, and that is so important is to make sure that you, you are surrounding yourself with people that believe in you and that also you believe in. And when you do that, that's when, that's when great things happen and it's, and it's uh, a wonderful thing to watch. So those are my two big takeaways Craig from, yeah, from and today I, and my, my biggest and I have one I mean I agree with both of your takeaways that was something I noticed it was a screaming out and I think my biggest takeaway from this because this is something I hear a lot from from people is that Josh and Dana both had very good established careers and we as leaders at Colonial have to fully believe in the opportunity that we're offering and that it is the absolute best opportunity that anybody could have. And if you don't, then shame on you. Because you should never be scared to tell the story and to want people to come join you in your, in your journey. And, and like, like Josh said, if you don't have the full confidence that you can help the best of the best be successful, then hold on. Hey, please. One second, buddy. Then if you don't have the, Josh, we'll pick, cut that out, obviously. If you don't have the full, you know, confidence that what you're offering and the things that you're doing are going to help people and that they'll have a good career here, then you need to be picking more brains and you need to know how to get better because the better you get as a, as a leader and the better you get as someone who can help change someone's lives, the better quality people that you're going to be able to attract and the faster your business is going to grow. And so I would say kudos to you, TJ, for not being scared to offer the opportunity and kudos to, to Josh and, and Dana for continuing that to know that it doesn't matter if someone's making a million dollars a year and they're doing everything right. If they're not happy where they're at, they're obviously having that conversation with you for a reason. And we cannot be scared to show them the, show them the path and show them the journey and give them the opportunity. So I think that's an awesome part of the story. And I would encourage everybody to notice that and not, be, and not shy away from the best resume you've ever seen. And not shy away from the quality people because there's a ton of really, really, really quality people in this company that are being very successful. So I'm not ever scared to ask anybody to come, to come join us. 100% Craig. Hey, well, why don't you share with the listeners, Craig, on that note, where they can find you? You can find me on Facebook at Craig Miller. Um, I am on LinkedIn as well. I just posted something about Josh Nelson, so make sure you go follow him too. And um, I actually am on Twitter at C Miller Fusick on Twitter. Nice. And I, I didn't really, I got to get myself a tweet tweet too then, bud. There you uh, go. And then also, you know, you can find the Fusic page at any of those on, on Twitter at Fusic, Facebook at Fusic, or Instagram at Fusic as well. So um, good stuff there. Please go give us a follow. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, we're looking to grow this movement and, and try to help as many people as possible. Great. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at McGinnis516 uh, and also Facebook at TJ McGinnis. And then uh, echoing what Craig was saying earlier on our Fusic page. And also, guys, if you have questions, if you have um, inquiries, if you'd like to share your Fusic story, we are going to be posting um, 
to the Fusic.us website. So if you have any stories and you'd like to share your story and we'd like to post a story a week at least on there, um, Fusic.us at gmail.com. Please put in your subject matter that this is your Fusic story. And uh, we will get to it and definitely reply as soon as we can and hopefully be able to share your Fusic story on the website and, and maybe even possibly have you on the show as well. Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Spread the word. Let's get enough people to join this movement as possible and let's change some lives for better. All right. Have make a it a week. great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fusic. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusic.